Hello, listeners, and welcome to Reliving the Extreme. This week we are covering the episode of ECW TV from September 6th. 1994. Nate Max and your host here with you, as always, joined by my brother Aaron. Hello, everyone. And a man we got to watch wrestle this week on the show, Mr. Chad Austin. Yeah, I mean, couldn't couldn't look any more extraordinary. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah I mean, I, I uh, actually, well, once we get there, I'll get more into depth about it. Because uh, didn't we already cover this? No, no, I didn't even I didn't even know that you wrestled Benoit on TV. Oh, yeah, um, yeah that that's a long story there, buddy. <laughs> well, the 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 big one of the big things coming out of this episode is we are no longer covering NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. It is now Extreme Championship Wrestling, um, which is actually even uh, noted in the opening video that we have changed the name of the promotion. Um, the show starts out with Joey narrating a video about all of our favorites, the public enemy. Yeah, I can't get enough of them. <laughs> the saga Gee. of the public enemy. Yes, the saga of the public enemy in ECW. That, that motherfucker just must have lived like a block away from the studio. <laughs> good Lord, they just kept bringing them out. <laughs> I was going to say, they are all over TV every single week. I mean, do they work here? <laughs> <laughs> Like at the pawn shop, I mean. <laughs> well, Johnny, best I can do is two fifty. Yeah, well, the Johnny beginning. Grunge. What's that? Just to say, Johnny Grunge is the chumley of that pawn shop. Oh, good lord! <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. Actually, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a little bit too tired to laugh, but that's pretty. Funny. <laughs> I'll I'll. Tomorrow I'll pop for it. Well, the gist here is this tag championship match. It was supposed to be the public enemy and Terry Funk, Perry Funk and Cactus Jack. However, the story is Terry Funk missed his flight. So Cactus gets to pick a tag team partner. And in a nice touch, he drags Mikey Whipwreck out to the ring. Well, well, what, do you th- what do you think happened? Sick horse. It's, um, oh, oh, the classic sick horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, is that what really happened? Is that, is that was that what he said? No, he. They just all they essentially say is that he missed his flight. I believe. But. No, no, no. But I mean, obviously, you know, like you're in the know. So is that what you think happened? Because it ain't the first time I heard the sick horse. I don't know. I don't know the story why Terry didn't show up. Uh, well, I I pretty much have a couple of zeros why he didn't show up. I mean, if you, if, if you want to know my opinion, but I mean, I don't know for a fact. I, I don't know that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that was it because um, I can't think of any other reason. You know, he's not, it's not like Terry's a no-show kind of guy for just no reason at all. So it could have been maybe, booked in Japan. Yeah, and he's going to make a lot more money there. I mean, is that? I mean, I mean, I never, I never even took that into account. Like to think about like why he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Could he? Could he have been in Japan? Could he have been in? Um, well, Jesus Christ! If he was in Memphis, it could have been in Philadelphia. So, yeah, I mean, unless he was booked in, in Japan or it had a couple of zeros to do with it, then there's no reason why Terry wouldn't have been there because that's not Terry. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. but uh, you you missed part of it. Um, initially, Tommy Dreamer, oh good uh, lord, was uh, gonna say that he was gonna be Cactus's partner, and then the Public Enemy beat the shit out of him and drove him <laughs> to the table because they're well, still, they're still trying to get Tommy over as like you know he's hardcore now. He's he's a tough guy. Well, that's that's just tremendous. <laughs> that, I mean. They're trying to get Tommy Dreamer over. Aren't they still trying to get Tommy Dreamer over? (laughs) Like in some, like, I mean, on Busted Open, they're trying to get him over. I mean, they're still trying to get him over. And the man has made a career of trying to get over, has this Tommy Dreamer chap. Yeah, he can't can't get over the stigma of the fact that he worked for the ICW for the Savoldi. He's still stuck in that hump. He's working (laughs) Super Mario. Archie Mitchell. There you go. Got it in. There you go, Archie. That's your mention for the week. You're welcome. Well, the match itself, um, again, it's it's the public enemy defending the ECW tag titles against Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck. And before we go into any any of the details here, 
any uh, overall opinions of this match, guys? I, I dude, I think th- I think that Mikey. This may have been um, like the third match Mikey had worked, like this show, just based upon his ring wear. Like it looks like he's been he's been just drug around, you know, and yeah, and beating the shit, and his shirt's all ragtag. So I was gonna like, say it's everything's either ripped or doesn't. It looks like it doesn't fit right. Yeah, yeah like it's it's been ripped off of him, like just torn apart. You know, just I don't know. I don't work there. <laughs> um, this is one of my favorite ECW moments. Um, and it's like really kind of the first, obviously kind of the first eat like extreme championship wrestling moment. You know what I mean? Like it's the first angle they have on their new show. And um, I just, I enjoyed this. It's, I actually, I think the whole, the whole story they told in the match was entertaining. Well, just everything like, like Mikey not wanting to be in there and, and cactus, pushing him to be in there and it's just everything about it. I, I enjoy cactus I enjoy. cactus pr- cactus pretty much throwing Mikey into them you yeah. know as, as the match progresses like Mikey doesn't want to be there but cactus is gonna make him be there yeah no um dude I I I remember I remember this like uh like them promos mm-hmm. the one you're talking about Mikey likes it oh no they were like at like three o'clock in the morning you know mm-hmm. and it, and I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like if if you turn the camera on to me and tell me to be on, I'll be on. But if I've already did a, a three hour show, <laughs> and then you want me to stick around for three more hours because you got to do promos. How good is that promo going to be? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Why didn't so we if, do? Pro- it's it's kind of like why didn't we do promos before the show? I mean. I don't know. I don't think it was until uh, until about I was getting ready to leave before they started doing that. Like they would start doing them like two hours before the mm-hmm. show. But that was when they had the fucking gangsters because they had to make sure they were even there. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. As long as long as they got them there, they're going to get them to the promos. <laughs> Just get these two goofs over here to whatever. Um, there, there's one point in the match where the fans are chanting refund. I don't know if you guys noticed that. It wasn't my match, was it? No, it's during this match. And I, it's because I, I think the crowd was pissed because like this match builds slowly, you know, but like at the, at the start of it, they're chanting refund and it's because they're mad because Funk isn't there. And um, they're audibly, uh, you can hear it, they're saying, refund, refund. And Joey's like, oh, the fans, they're chanting Mikey, Mikey. Like, no, no, they're chanting refund. <laughs> Dude, is this the show um, that Terry no-showed because of Wing? Like, is this is this the one where he did a Japan tour just at, in the middle of nowhere? Well, I, that is Nate, a, I mean, Nate, you could probably figure that one out, right? Yeah, I could I could get into the, the dirt sheets and see what it says there. I didn't bother. I didn't honestly I didn't think to look before the show, but it makes sense because I don't know that I can remember that there's another time where he's advertised for ECW and doesn't show. And he don't burn bridges. Right. Yeah. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. Either he was double booked, um, you know, Paul never cleared it, you know, with Terry mm-hmm. or uh, you know, or uh, whoever, you know what I mean? And right, and it was just like one of them things where he was running a triple threat weekend of love sort of thing going on over in Philadelphia, <laughs> and, and Terry was like, "Well, you know, I'm working for fucking uh, Victor over here." That's yeah, that's a, that's a that's a great that's a that's a very interesting question. Mm-hmm. Is, well, it was he booked. Um, just looking quick, says I. Well, knowing since... knowing Paulie, he might have said Terry Funk was going to be there, even knowing even knowing he wasn't. Oh, co- seriously? Of, yeah, I mean that's that's another that goes without saying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the whole idea could have been we're going to say Terry Funk's there, and it's going to be Mikey instead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, exactly, Aaron. I mean, he totally could have said that. Uh, yeah. He knew he was going to be there, even though he was booked in the Mid South Coliseum against 
Jimmy Funk Jack Funk. Might, have, Funk might have not even known he was being advertised. Oh, I mean, do you, I, I, you know, like like I said, I don't think Terry Funk's the kind of guy that would just pretend like he wasn't booked and, yeah, he's, just, and didn't show up. Never came off like that kind of guy at all, you know. That's, no. that, that's my thought is that they were just like, oh, let's say Terry Funk's going to be there and he's not even actually going to be there, I think. Yeah, you know. The sales at the jewelry store are a little off this week. <laughs> we, you know, we don't have the money. We don't have the money to pay for Terry Funk for. <laughs> but Mikey Whip's Mikey Whipwreck's already here, so. Well, he's putting the ring up. <laughs> we, we got Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> but the match, like Aaron said, the match is good. It tells a great story. Joey's great on commentary in this. The whole thing, just I th- I thought it was really good, really well executed. Uh, probably the best thing that we've seen from the public enemy so far. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is the this is like the start of the uh, like the good shit from public enemy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. These two fucking goofs. It it, it, it took them a while to figure out like their spot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then and then and then once they figured out their spot. They really sunk their teeth into it, correct? I mean, am I wrong? Oh no, and and that's that's what we've seen from them so far. There's been ridiculous. There's been decent. There hasn't been anything really good. This was really good. And as time as time goes on, as time goes on, they do get a little better. It's like we've always stated on the show. They were fine in ECW. It was just anytime they were plunked down anywhere else, it didn't work because they just they only worked in ECW. That's you know. But you couldn't take them out of the arena. No, yeah, exactly. They were, they were, they were favorites of that crowd and that that atmosphere. I mean, and, everybody uh, saw what the the Japanese thing, and then the WWE thing. Oof! I mean, everybody saw all that, and then the, then them being the hip hop bushwhackers in WCW. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna like entertain that. Because that's just that wasn't them. Mm-hmm. That was just somebody's version of them, you know, of, of yeah. what they, of what they, you know what I mean. And then it was just it was just Johnny and and the other one just going, yeah, well, you know, laddie, daddy, daddy. That's a lot of zero. <laughs> we can, we can do that, <laughs> Johnny. That's a bunch of zeros. Well, Aaron, any other notes on the match itself before we get to the finish? Well, um, Rocco, he does like some, some old school crowd work where he's like, you know, if you, you guys need to be quiet cause Johnny can't concentrate and don't call me jailbird. So they can all start chanting that shit at him. Um, I didn't even see that. They did that. Yeah. Right at the beginning of the match. Cause I, I honestly, I think it was Rocco being a pro cause I know we, we mock him or whatever, or <coughs> but, but Ted Petty was a pro and it was, Right, before it was like right after the um, the refund chant that Rocco got on the mic and started doing like heel crowd work because I think at the beginning of it, him being an old pro was like, holy shit, this crowd's already kind of kind of this, and and he, and he probably knew, hey, the shit we got coming up's good. Like I don't want to lose them early, and and just did some old school like Memphis style heat, which was good. Um, there's the spot where Mikey finally tags out and he runs away and it's like, he's supposedly running away from the match, but what he's actually doing is he runs away and, and Joey's like, Oh, Mikey ran away. He's, he, he's afraid. Well, he comes back and he's got a board and he's smacking the public enemy with it. And Joey is putting over the fact that Mikey's finally become a man. He's finally standing up for himself and Mikey is extreme which I thought that was kind of fun. And um, this is the first match where Mikey's actually getting um, not quality offense. Yeah. Not accidental offense. He's actually like, like becoming a man. And like in this situation, he's like, I gotta, I gotta nut up or I'm going to get fucking really beat up. You know. yeah, because what Cactus is going to beat him up if he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like not only is he going to beat me yeah. up, not only my, my yeah, not only my opponent's going to beat me up, but my partner's a fucking wild card, man. You don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, I mean, I got two options here, pal. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Mikey is like one of them. I don't know, man. 
I, I don't know. Like it, it's it's you slip and fell in the money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying it's a lot of money. It's just enough money that that he secured his place on the card. You know? Yes. I wouldn't say I wouldn't. I mean, I would never go go and say like he's a top guy. But I mean, but the ECW faithful, the family. You know what I mean? They loved him. That's what I was going to say. Maybe not a top guy, but he is definitely in in the in the ECW world. He is definitely one of the names that when you say ECW, he's one of the 10 guys you bring up. He made, like you were saying, he fell into money or whatever. He made more money than he probably would have made if ECW wouldn't have existed. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's making, but, I'm, I'm sure he made more money than he's working, than he's making now at Walmart. He has to be. I mean, even with Paul, Paul's phony check. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he's going to the bank. He's paying $30 to get 60 You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, how the fuck do you work here? Todd's giving you these goddamn piece of garbage checks that, what, say HHG, yeah. something <laughs> on it. And, you know what I mean? And he's running down to Todd's pawn shop to cash him. And Todd's charging him 10% to cash it. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it's store policy. <laughs> he, just, he just points at the sign. Sorry. Yeah. Buddy. I mean, it's, it's, it's 10%. It's 10%. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't break policy, but it's your policy. I can't break it, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Dude, that's not, that's an episode of Seinfeld right there. Store <laughs> policy. Can't break. If, I, if, if you can't do it, no check for you. Well, how do I, how do I go, like, how do I go cash this check? Like, I'm going to have to drive all the way back to Baltimore. And then tomorrow I'm going to go to my bank. You know what I mean? It, it just seems like a whole, like a runaround. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I understand what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. a whole, it's a whole runaround thing. Like, you're going to give me a check. Okay. You're going to give me a check. And I'm going to hope that it cashes because I have to run home. As soon as I lose to the Rock and Rebel, I got to drive all the way back to Baltimore and, and hurry up and cash this check be, before the bank account dries up. Yeah, well, I was gonna say cash the check before they spend the money, and then the check's no good. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a whole game. It's a whole game, right? Like, can I? Do I do I work first or do I get the check first? So I mean, either either way, the car's still running. I, I got to get out of here. I mean, well, the we're finish the of Bank of America. <laughs> that, that's the only thing you're asking anybody in the locker room. Not where they're going out afterwards. Is do you know where the nearest Bank of America is? And then you're I think in you, South, you're in I think South you can, Philadelphia. I think you can only cash these checks at Chase Bank. I don't know. What chase me bank? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's, oh, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a rat race. You can you can only catch this at Chase Bank. Yeah. No, I mean I, I, I gotta be honest. I've said this I've said it on this show multiple times. I've never had a check bounce. I never did. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then again, I wasn't making freaking, you know, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, piece of shit Sandman but, money. And let's be fair, I don't think I don't think, and you can tell me if, I, if I'm wrong, Chad, because obviously you would know more than me. I don't think ECW checks even started bouncing until after Todd Gordon was gone. Oh, no, they, they bounced. Okay, okay. But it wasn't, it, 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 it all depended on who you were. Hmm. You know what I mean? It, like, it didn't start until, what, the Sabu shit? It started with the Sabu shit. Hmm. And then... Um, you know, maybe you throw what was it, 90, 95, 96, you throw Rob Van Dam in the mix or people like that. Like, do, do you think he bounced a check to Steve Williams? I'm pretty sure he didn't bounce a check to Steve Williams. I don't Williams. think he did either. Because <laughs> <Steve Williams, laughs> that gets you, I was going to say, that gets you a big bag of potatoes, pal. Yeah, I mean, he, he found enough money at that fucking box office that he, he, he got, he got enough. Enough dinero out of Kathy Fitzpatrick to pay for fucking Steve Williams. It's, yeah, that wasn't gonna fly. <laughs> and I, I wasn't even there, or I don't even know if I was there for Karen Gordy because Jesus Christ, what do you think that cost him? That was probably a favor, honestly. I bet mm-hmm. you he didn't even pay Terry Gordy. No, I bet you did. I bet you Terry Gordy was paid by um, what the fuck's his name? The Japanese dude. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but yeah, I bet you he was. He, 
he, he was one of them deals where you put him on your show, we pay him. And, you know, and you yeah. put him on your show. And and that's how ECW worked. That was a, that was, there was way more of that going on than you guys even realized. When you started seeing all them guys like fucking the goofy monkey dude. And, um, Taka, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and all them other goofs. Like, it wasn't, like, they were all, they weren't getting paid by ECW. It was essentially just those companies using ECW to get exposure in North America. Yeah, but who, who, who did it benefit? Benefit, it benefit everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and the other companies were just like, I'm sure Paul's going, I don't fucking have any idea what these other companies are doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they have a guy with a fucking monkey tail. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But and then, and then by '97, he's getting he's getting money subsidized by Vince, and then getting talent that way. He's getting talent and money from Vince, pretty much. I don't know if Vince was paying, say, Al Snow to be in ECW, or if he if Al Snow was getting paid by ECW. It was kind of half and half. I would, I would, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would guess it was. I would guess it was. I mean, wouldn't you say that? It, it probably it probably reads that way. Yeah, because well, I'm pretty sure well, I'm Al almost. Al probably was one of those guys that had like a downside guarantee from the WWF, and they didn't have anything for him, and they didn't want him to sign with WCW. Mm-hmm. We have nothing for you. We're going to give you five hundred dollars a week. We go down to ECW, and Paul was probably giving him like fifty dollars a show. Just for him to not be able to like go to WCW. I can't even believe that Al Snow's name is brought up in that subject. Like, we, we don't want him <laughs> to go. <laughs> I mean, that's almost absurd to me. I could think of, I don't know, 25 other guys that have worked there that, that you wouldn't. That you wouldn't want to go there, but you we don't want Al Snow to go there. How odd. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, who's the guy I'm... with the goddamn cane shit? Oh, Sandman. <laughs> no, he, he will go there, but eventually, but we don't want Al Snow to go there. Yeah, yeah. Oof. I don't have to ponder that one for a while. The finish of the match comes when the public enemy tries to hit the drive by on Mikey. But uh, Cactus Jack shakes the ropes and Mikey and ruins that. And Mikey winds up getting the pin on Rocco and your new ECW tag team champions, Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, that's right. And the fans actually. And the crowd goes bananas. Oh, they lost their fucking minds. It was great. Like this whole thing was great, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Mikey's Mikey's picking up steam. Um, Cactus is getting. Has gotten behind them, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the whole thing seems to just to be working. It's it's working, and it's just how I mean, like a guy like Mikey, you can't show. I don't know how to say this. You can't show him for too long on TV, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And then you show him for just a couple of minutes a week, and then people go like, "Yeah, man, that poor kid," you know. Oh, he's taking a beating, but how the hell he pull that off? I don't know who's who's saying this, but um, who's who, I don't know what adults that that doesn't know wrestling's fake is going. Who I don't know how he pulled this off. <laughs> you know what I mean, but yeah, guys like us would go. That's good booking, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and I, it I, is. I liked it. It is just like it was for the earlier days of this promotion and just like it will be later with Terry Funk. It is also very fortuitous and lucky Ooh. for ECW. <laughs> would you the- would you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is very it is very good and lucky for ECW. <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing it right now, buddy. It's it's good. Thank it's you. good. It's very, very good that they were able to get Cactus Jack into this promotion. And, and, because... don't, and don't forget, Cactus Jack at this time was working everywhere. Yeah, very visible. Uh, because I was working everywhere. And I would run into Jack just in the most random places. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be in Arkansas. <laughs> and, and I'd be on a show and Jack's going, Hey, Chad, what are you doing here? I go, oh, don't worry about me. What the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
he was working for Bert. He was working for Cornette. Um, I don't know that Rube that ran like that little spot stuff in Nashville. I don't know who that guy was but he was working for him um so yeah he was just you know that dude gary and and then uh and and like the carol you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. he was working he had to be working at least six days a week and that's not even saying he's making a ton of money because right. let's be honest what's he coming off of a, a halfway decent wcw run yeah. you know yeah i mean do you tell me the time frame no yeah he's at this point, he is just out of WCW. Um, his last thing was he was the tag chance with Kevin Sullivan, right, Aaron? Kevin Sullivan? Yeah, it was him and Sullivan, and they were feuding with the Nasty Boys. All right. So he was probably making 125000 a year. So, and, you know. And, uh, well, he was teaming with Sullivan, and before oh, that. Oh, then it was Max Payne, wasn't it? Yeah, he had been teaming, he had been teaming with Max Payne. But, well, you're not going to hold it against them, are you? No. <laughs> I mean, poor Max Payne. Like his his last big thing was that um, Broad Street Bully match or whatever at Spring Stampede with the Nasty Boys. With the Nasty Boys, and then he left. He left WCW right as Hogan was coming in. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Going to mention Van Hammer. <laughs> Good lord. I was getting ready to turn this goddamn thing off. What the fuck you mean? It's 2022 and you're mentioning Van Hammer. After the match, we get a promo from Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck about winning the titles. Aaron? This is fun. I like this promo. Like Mikey looks like he wants to cry. And he told Cactus, he's like, I promised my mom I'd never win another championship. How much you how much do you bet? I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. How many times do you think it took him to, to do that promo? I, with those two guys, I don't know. It, it seems to me that Cactus Jack wasn't much of a double-take kind of guy. No, I'm not going to say Cactus at all. I, I Cactus was not a double-take guy. Because I, I, I specifically remember Cactus cutting promos, much like Funk. Mm-hmm. Like when he would cut the promo and he would just walk away. <laughs> yeah, that that's it. There's your promo. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, but yeah, some of these promos seem like they 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 had to have taken a little bit of time because it, there's a lot of things that Paul wanted to be said mm-hmm. that may or may not have been said. You know what I mean? Right during the specific promo. So I'm sure they I'm, I'm sure they've done it again because I mean I sat there, I, you know, when 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 Paul took an interest in me and he would tell me to stick around. And I'd be there till three o'clock in the morning and I just couldn't take it anymore. Like, I, I don't know. I can't hear Terry Funk sing Desperado anymore. Um, I, I've had enough. Just enough. I mean, got to get up early and get back to Baltimore to try to catch that check. You're on a time frame here. Not only that, the, the Betty bus only ran from a certain amount of time from the arena to the hotel. So I, I Worst case scenario is I'm gonna have to get a cap, and that's that's more than half my check. If the check if the check doesn't bounce, <laughs> just to, just to get the cap. Up next, we get a video. Well, Joey discusses the Kane match from last week between Dreamer and Sandman. A video of the highlights from that whole angle, and then what I thought was fantastic. I think it's fantastic. You don't want to talk about that music? Oh, the music's. It, the music's terrible. The music sounds like a, a theme from a sitcom from the eighties with no, Tony Danza in it. Like or a fucking goddamn soundtrack from fucking Foxy Cleopatra, or fucking Mother Jugs and Speed, or something from the fucking eighties. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Music? I, I, wait, I waited for somebody to say "Down to the Rendezvous." <laughs> <laughs> like it's a three way. So you're going to say three's company too? Like. <laughs> This is yeah, I do. I I totally I don't know understand who's in charge of doing that. But I have to get on. I have to get on the, the judge Jeff Jones tomorrow and figure out. Oh, he don't even work there anymore. He works for AEW. Yeah, he ain't gonna know. But God damn, that music was fucking horrible, <laughs> dude. The horrible would be a, a comp. It was wretched. It was rotten, and it was goddamn <laughs> insulting. <laughs> 
that's what I thought about the whole that, entire That's the name of the show this week. I, I, it's funny. Did you see me reach for my pen? <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the show this week. It was wretched. It was rotten. And it was goddamn awful. <laughs> goddamn insulting. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what that's what they've been doing. We we've been doing it. I mean, I mean, let's be honest, guys. Like. We like ECW, and that's the reason why we're doing this. But we still have a ways to go. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we still have to get through me getting, getting fired. The promo that is the, the segment that is at the end of this here with women and Sandman doing their promo is great because I love women. Sandman's trying to cut a promo, but woman is needling him the He's whole time. Browbeating brow him. Yes. Don't you quit. Don't you quit on me. Don't you quit. And he's like, you see what I got to deal with, Tommy? I love this. These two are great together. He's like, this is worse than Peach's fucking Tommy Cairo. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, that's, I, I agree, dude. I mean, I mean, you could put fucking Nancy, what, in anything. Yeah. And, and clearly they, they've done that. Not just in ECW, but W. You know what I mean? They put Nancy in situations where she was was made to look stupid, but she didn't look stupid. Mm-hmm. Remember Robin Green? Yep. Yeah. She yeah. still didn't look stupid. But yeah, Sandman and Woman are the best, um, the best thing of ECW right now. In my I wonder opinion. if he banged her. I'm assuming it. I'm assuming if she's working here, Sullivan would probably be around, right? If she's working here, Sullivan's probably around while she's no, doing Sullivan. this. No, I mean, I mean, I know he's not. On, I know he's not on TV or anything, but I don't he's know. I guess I, he's in, he's booking WCW right now. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, when when he left, he left full, like full gun, like full throttle, like gone. Like, because I think he was hired at WCW, like, basically overnight, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, hey, get the fuck out of there and get here. And then I think that's how that kind of works. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think I am. The next the next segment on this show is a matchup involving Chad Austin. He is escorted to the ring by his manager, oh, Jason, and the Rockin' Rebel to face off against ECW newcomer, I guess you'd say, Chris Benoit. Well, I mean, best match he's ever had. <laughs> what does that guy ever did in his life? Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing newsworthy I can remember. No. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring up what did Chris Benoit ever do in his life, <laughs> or with somebody else's. <laughs> so what's the story? <laughs> what <Sorry>. what's <laughs> what's the story, Chad? What's the story on you and Benoit? Any comments here? Any insight? I, I mean, uh, the only thing I can tell you is um, this this show that we're watching was part of a um, it was a three show uh, deal. Mm-hmm. Like they taped like three episodes, and I was I was at my friend's house about about three hours away. Like just visiting, hanging out. And I just called my mom out of nowhere and she said, Hey, some guy named Paul keeps calling here and he's wondering where the hell you're at. And I'm thinking, like, why? Like, I don't work here. You know what I mean? Like and then literally I had to just get my car and drive all the way to there. And I had to work Sabu. I had to work Rebel. And I had to work Benoit all on the same day. And you know, I had I had no idea what was going on, but I mean, apparently Paul had some sort of fucking I you know, I mean cheap labor, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I thought it was. And yeah, I mean, I liked I liked everybody I worked with. I mean, you know, except for that fucking one dude, I never had any problem with anybody. So I was about to ask. I mean, any. Do you have do you have any any memories of working with Chris? Was he easy to work with? Was he stiff? Was he dude? This motherfucker asked me what the fuck I wanted to do. Hmm. He said, "What do you want to do?" And I looked at him and I said, "Dude, you got a career. Like you, you know, you got like um, you know, you got like something ahead of you. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna take my chance of fucking you up. You know what I mean? Right? Like by hurting you, so." Whatever you want to do, and then if you watch the match, and then, and then you look at any other Chris Benoit match, it's the same match. He does the deal with the um 
the crisscross. I call it the crisscross applesauce with the legs thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does that. He does the like diving headbutt. You know what I mean? Like he hit. He did all the hit. Well, what I thought was interesting is that in it is they cut to like right when the match starts. They cut to like a Tommy Dreamer promo in the middle of your fucking match. Oh well, well right at the start of it. Well, and- damn you, Aaron, because that was my offense that they cut out. That's what I was gonna ask. Was did 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 Paul get pissed because? Benoit, like, let you do too much. That's you know what I've never I've never heard a definite answer on that, but that's what I've always thought. I thought that Paul, like that Benoit, gave me too much offense, and that's mm-hmm. why he edited it out. Because I'm yeah. like, because after the, of, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of all the stuff that I did, but you never saw any of it. Well, that's what I was gonna say here. I actually have wrote down. These motherfuckers cut into like the match replay, with a Tommy right? Dreamer promo, and then there is a yeah, little then, there there is match. a little back and forth after the promo, but not a lot. But after the match, they do like a like a like an ECW replay or whatever, and they show all the shit Benoit did to you. So I'm thinking like Paulie was trying to get Benoit over, and then saw the match and was like, "Fuck, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to show Benoit being a badass, so I'll just cut out Chad's shit and then yeah." Show so what? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, just, uh, I have a feeling this guy, Chris Benoit, is going to be a bigger name than Chad Austin is. Um, <laughs> you know, let's figure out what we can edit out of this match. Well, the finish well, comes. Oh, my, my, my wife just said that I'm a better husband than Chris Benoit. <laughs> I'm not even married, and I'm a better husband than Chris Benoit. Good Lord. Aaron? It was, was kind of eerie watching the Rockin' Rebel and Chris Aaron. Benoit throw Aaron. down with each other. What? You don't have any kids, and you're a better father than Crispin. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You just, just popped a house. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was fucking eerie a little bit. With hindsight, watching fucking Benoit and Rebel argue and fight. Yeah, I'm surprised Chad made it out alive. Yeah. Good Lord. Well, it was a whole different time and place. <laughs> well, the finish comes. Rebel trips Benoit, but Chad actually accidentally catches Rebel off the apron. Um, Benoit hits a tombstone and then a headbutt from the top rope, of course, for the pin on Chad. And then we get a little tease here. Rebel and Chad arguing in the ring with Jason in between them. And then Jason cracks Rock and Rebel with the TV title. So there's, there's, your, there's your big breakup between Jason and the Rock and Rebel. And I'm assuming I mean, that is. That is setting up for the match you mentioned that you're going to have with the Rebel. Jason knew where his bread was buttered. It was with me. I mean, I clearly was the breadwinner. He looked in the ring and he was like, this is the only one that's going to make it out alive. Yeah. I mean, Rebel's got to work tomorrow. And, you know, he's got his day job and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And Chad's going to be here next weekend. So I'll stick with him. Well, speaking of Jason. I don't know. I mean, I honestly... Uh, yeah, that was a whole entire, like, I, I think that was, like, honestly, to tell you the truth, Nate, I think that was just thrown together, like, last second. Mm-hmm. Like, none of it was meant to make any sense, I don't think. Just go out there and do all this, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Just do all this stupid shit, and then we'll wait for the gangsters to get here. <laughs> or, Treading I don't water, know. right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Or, or we'll wait for whoever to get here. The Moon Dogs, Canadian Wolfman, which I, which I can't believe. I, I'm the I'm the only one that championed the Moon Dog to come to ECW. <laughs> I told Paulie like thirty times, you gotta bring in the fucking Moon Dogs. They would have fit right in with Public Enemy. Yeah, I mean, you got these Just dumb idiots, the the Harris brothers, and I don't know a couple other. Phi Delta, who gives a shit? Um, you know what I mean? Like you have all these other tag teams. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you bring in the fucking Moon Dogs? You could you could just go grab two fat blonde guys out of a flea market and throw them in and them pants and put them in the ring. Yeah, all you got to do is know two dogs' names. You know. Spot Moon- Spike Cujo. <laughs> here's Moon. Here's Moon Dog Lucky and Moon Dog Noodles. Here they are. Moondog Noodle. That's what that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, isn't that right, Jess? Moondog Noodles? Like, dude, 
That's the name of the show, she said. <laughs> Moon Dog Noodles. <laughs> well, speaking of Jason, the last match on this show, he's the TV champion. He is escorted the ring by the shooter, Dean Malenko. Face JT Smith. JT Smith is back here in the ECW arena. And once again, JT is playing the, the injured baby face in this match as Dean Malenko shoots on JT at the beginning of the match, hurts his knee to give Jason the advantage. Um, I don't have a whole lot of notes on the match, but that was the essential. That was the that was the long and short of it, Jason. Yeah, I don't I don't have a whole lot of notes either. The last notes that I have it says Dreamer Stink. Um <laughs> That's that's about the only notes that I have on the whole entire goddamn show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything to do with Jason, let's let's be honest. I mean, we don't have to kid ourselves, you know, and and pretend like Jason really had a fucking a spot there because even when he was my manager or whatever, I don't know, whatever he was, I just kind of was just like, what am I doing with this goof? You know what I mean? I'd rather mm-hmm. work. Coliseum video and dealing with this fucking clown over here. Aaron, any notes from you on this match or observations? Just that it, it's like you said, it was just, it was a quick thing with Jason now has Malenko as his shooter and he's going to, it's going to develop into like a little mini angle where Dean's like fucking up his Jason's opponents before the match and, and, and Dean looked, Dean looked good. Like he looked like a badass and I wonder if that was the first time I met him, like, in the locker room. Because I, I remember, like, I I have to know that I know who he was, right? Yeah, I mean, because this, this yeah, this essentially, I, that's what I'm I'm wondering. That's the question I was going to ask you is, okay, so we have, we the, the, the tag title match at the beginning of the show is from the night that the NWA tournament happened. But I assume that the other matches on the show, like your match with Benoit and this match didn't happen on that night. They happened on another taping. Yeah. Okay. They, they happened on a Saturday afternoon, hmm. like, like literally like one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not saying my match was one o'clock in the afternoon, but right. <laughs> the show was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was like, a, it was like, a um, Oh Jesus Christ. It was like a, a double or a triple like tape because I remember I was st- oh I'm sorry Buck um I was staying in my buddy's house and I remember telling him that you know this is like a this is like seven hours you know and I stayed down his house and it was mm-hmm. only an hour away from the show and I stayed down there and I'm like dude they're taping like like six shows <laughs> like I gotta wrestle Steven Richards four times. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Rebel Three, <laughs> and then I still got to do an angle with Sabu, <laughs> where I get beat in the face with a cane or something. I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that those those were rough, man. Like, I bet because there wasn't um, at that point the guys like Paul Loria weren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys like Mikey were starting to get pushed, so it was it was me and my my faithful Donnie Allen. <laughs> just sitting there in the locker room <laughs> Wait, waiting, waiting for waiting. what's next yeah <laughs> waiting to see whose name you were written up next against <laughs> like you can't keep beating me three times on TV you know mm-hmm. even Frank Williams just got beat once on TV <laughs> you can't keep beating me on TV <laughs> like every ten minutes somebody in Somebody who's doing the the editing for the TV show has to go. Look, we we can't have Chad Austin on the show three times. <laughs> like, like I mean, I like Chad. You know, you, I know you like him, but we can't have him on the show three times. <laughs> just getting beaten the powder. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here because there is just the the end of this is just a video on the NWA title tournament. Showing footage, of course, of Todd Gordon folding NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling, and in its place is Extreme Championship Wrestling. And then at the end, we get a promo from Shane Douglas and Matt Bourne, who has not yet been called Bourne again, but that's where we're going in like a uh, you know half the day makeup. Um, Very cool. I I I'm a big fan of that, to be honest with you, the Bourne again gimmick. And I was actually a fan of what they did early with Doink in the WWF before Matt Bourne left. But 
I think this well, is good. This is good shit, pal. What do you think the um, the problem was with Matt Bourne? I never heard anything about attitude. I always heard something about substances. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like, um, y- you weren't you weren't going to get too many guys sitting around in the ECW locker room at two thirty in the morning watching. Love your book. Watching Matt Bourne, like what half of his dumb face painted like doink, and the other half paint, you know, not painted at all. Mm. And cutting promos. And he must have cut, I don't know, 20, 30 promos. Every one of them were just as deep, you know, as the, the last one. Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting there going, this motherfucker, man. This is the same guy that worked in Portland? <laughs> like, for Christ's sake? He got he got his $20 from Don Owens? And he's in the East of the... Yeah, he was great. And, mm-hmm. and he... And he, and believe me, he wasn't a locker room. He wasn't going to be a locker room leader. I'll right. tell you that. <laughs> no, he he didn't set an example. Well, I mean, but as as far as honestly, as far as um, I don't want to overstep it, but as far as cutting a, a like a sinister, like you said, the word you used, deep heel promo, he was up there with Jake, I think. And, and I mean, he didn't get the he didn't get the the, the length of attention or whatever. But you nailed it. He didn't, he didn't get the length. He didn't get the length. Mm-hmm. And and that was probably his own fault. Let's be honest, you know. But really good stuff. And then it's and we're going to be watching it here in the next few weeks or so. But um, Christ, you can look at you can look at the timeline of his career mm-hmm. from when he was doing to when he was there. How many stops did he make along the way? Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the dude was passing through Memphis. The dude was, he made a stop in Knoxville. <laughs> and, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everybody gave him an opportunity. He just, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that that's just not one of my things. Like, I can't figure out how, you know what I mean? Like, how that works. I mean, they're offering you a lot of money. All you got to do is show up. Right. Be a good citizen. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to work, what, six minutes? <laughs> like, who's going to pay you to work six minutes, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, how can you not do this? I don't... <laughs> and and for some reason, we couldn't even... We could never find Matt Bourne. Like, he found parts of the ECW arena that we never even knew they had. Like, you know, there's me and Mikey and Paul L'Oreal, like, throwing rocks, like, hoping to hear somebody say something, like... Hello, you know, like, is there anybody out there? You know, it, that's that's the way it was. Like that, that, and then and then and the worst part is it get it got worse. I mean, you know, Nate. I mean, we haven't even we haven't even got to the part where the parts where I wasn't even there anymore. Mm-hmm. Like when the drug, like I, I I'm not a drug guy. I, I never was a drug guy. And but there was a time where this was starting to be. This was starting to be an issue because we we had we had a we had an account at the Econo Lodge right right down the road from the arena you know about I don't know uh, you know not 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 miles but blocks right and we had an account there but it's the Econo Lodge it was like thirteen dollars a night like I'm not kidding because I literally wouldn't stay there like I ended up going there one night and the guy was like it's like. Thirteen dollars or whatever, and I just said, "Never mind." So I just went to the, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I went to the Ramada, and I spent a hundred and thirty dollars to sleep in a fucking bed. Like, <laughs> like, like not not somebody's sofa. Like, you, so I'm spending thirteen dollars a night to share a room with Hector. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not doing that. So I just drove like you know an extra few miles, and I spent the money just to you know <laughs> to not roll over onto a hypodermic needle. Yeah, it makes perfect no, sense, especially in South Philadelphia. It's hard enough <laughs> finding a it's, it's hard enough finding a classy hotel as it is in South Philadelphia. Much less one without a, a hypodermic needle. I don't want to have to sleep on Matt Bourne. 
So I'm <laughs> more money. Is that is that what they're calling the mattress? <laughs> they're calling it Matt Born. <laughs> mattress Born, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your room comes with um. Oh, it comes with the new mat. <laughs> oh. he, you know what? He's been born again. It's the doink model. Yeah. It's got paint all over the fucking sheets. Imported from Portland. Yes. Because he, he beat up some broad or something. Or Don Owens. <laughs> hey, can we get Don Owens on the show? I mean, I could try to dig him up. Uh, oh, is he dead? <laughs> oh, he's long dead. Oh, he's long dead? What do you mean he's long dead? Like, he's been dead for a while. Like, since what? The early 2020? <laughs> like, Dory Funk. He's been dead for a while. <laughs> well, Dory, Dory Funk still. I mean, he's still pretending like he's alive. Well, at least Marty's pretending like he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. He, he, he doesn't even know how to act like he's not dead. Jeez, who is... We 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 gotta we, we gotta do it like the next time they have like one of them like conventions in Baltimore, we, we gotta get we gotta get Dory and, and Marty just so I can get just so I can get drunk and and uh like yell at them <laughs> before it's too late. <laughs> oh, it's too late. I mean, it, it, it's it's too late for it's too late for Lemonhead, but um. <laughs> It's not too late for Marty. That that bitch is a whip. <laughs> I mean, she's she's the first one as soon as you fucking snap at him and go like, look at that little swirly thing on his head. <laughs> he looks like a lemonhead, and he and all of a sudden you're blocked. I'm blocked by Marty. <laughs> you know, like what the hell are you? So many potential names for this week's episode. I'm going to have to put them in a hat and pull one out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know either, pal. I'm just telling you that was, this, was, this was a doozy. Well, guys, any parting words for our listeners I don't know. before we sign I mean, off this week? What does Archie Mitchell have to say? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, he'll listen tomorrow. No, it was a great show, man. I mean, the ECW show stunk. I mean, let's be honest. But just the conversation was well worth the, <laughs> my my hour of time. Aaron, I, mean, I got nothing to say. My fucking battery's dying. So, all right. Well, we will wrap it up then. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you to our listeners for listening this week. And we will see you. Next week, as we continue reliving the extreme, have a great reliving the extreme. Reliving the extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.